Good evening, everyone. It is wonderful to see you, the, the few of you who are able to be in this room. I'm really glad to, to be with you tonight. For those of you who are joining us virtually, I'm really glad to be with you in this, in this moment in time as, as well. Thanks for, I know that uh, in addition to all of the normal distractions, there's obviously a lot going on uh, tonight. And so uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you, you, you giving the effort to try to tune in and to try to attend and realign our hearts on the Lord Jesus who, who loves us and who has, who has, who has saved us. There's, uh, it, it's a weird week. It's a weird night, right? There's exams around the corner. I know a lot of you are probably uh, in, in quarantine or dealing with uh, isolation. Uh, I know that you have all kinds of struggles and challenges in your personal life, stink bug related and otherwise. And, uh, and of course, it's, it's election night, right? And so what we're going to try to do tonight is we're going to try to say, you know, with all of that going on, as Christians, like, what do we do and where do we look? Okay. Um, I, I know that many of you have probably voted for the first time in this, in this election. And I know that for many of you, that's something you've taken really seriously and that you, you care a lot about. And uh, at some point in some number of hours from now, or days from now, however, however soon we get news, some percentage of you are going to be uh, excited and thankful that the person that you voted for is going to be inaugurated as the next president. Some percentage of you are going to be uh, dismayed and disappointed. Some percentage of you are going to be uh, dismayed, like no matter what happens, right? Uh, some of you are, are just now realizing that that's happening today. I, I doubt there's that many of you, but uh, it's, it's something that we're, that we're dealing with and, and that we're all struggling with. And it's, I think, honestly, really important and really complex for Christians to consider the way that the gospel of Jesus and the teaching of the scriptures uh, inform the way that we engage as citizens of this country. And, and, and I think it's important that you hear this, that like thoughtful and Bible-believing Christians have, have done this and are coming to different conclusions about the, the, the values and the priorities and the policies that are most important to them and that they consider to be most important to God. They're voting for different people, right? It's, like, it's actually really, 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 really difficult. And so I want to be, uh, be crystal clear with you tonight because I have an agenda, all right? And, um, and, I, and I want you to hear me say that uh, the, Bible, the Bible affirms that living as an engaged citizen of a nation is, is good and important. It's an important part of what it means to, to follow God in the place that we are. And I want you to hear me say that the, that the Bible actually calls you to honor and to pray for our leaders. And, and I actually would encourage you, uh, I, I am trying, I was convicted of this today. I'd encourage you tonight to be praying for, for both President Trump and for Joe Biden. Uh, one of these men is going to be president. One is the president. And we should be praying for them, uh, for, for good things for them and for God to use them in ways that, that bring about his goodness and truth and beauty more and more in the world. But uh, my agenda is to remind you what your hope is if you're a Christian. And, and I know that uh, not everyone on this call uh, who is a part of RUF is a Christian, but I want to remind you that, that your hope as a Christian uh, is even bigger. It's bigger than policies. It's bigger than laws. It's bigger than values. It's bigger than speeches. It's bigger than presidents. It's, it's actually bigger than that. Our hope is in the reality that God is our shepherd and he cares for us. 
and I don't know who's going to win, and I don't know how, that, uh, how the election is affecting you this evening, and I don't know what you're bringing, what other areas of, of pain or anxiety or frustration or longing or disappointment you're bringing in tonight that's even overshadowing the way that that's affecting your heart, but I know that God's our shepherd. I know that he is our life. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're actually going to take a break from James. We're doing this for a couple reasons. One, because we have one more section of James and we had two weeks to go. So we're going to finish James next week. But we're actually going to look at Psalm 23 tonight. Because as I've been thinking about where my own heart is and the ways that this week I am tempted towards uh, worry and anxiety, the places where I'm tempted towards judging others, uh, the places where I am tempted to, to distraction and obsess with current events instead of keeping my eyes on Christ, Psalm 23 has been a has been an anchor for me, and I, and I hope and, and pray it might be an anchor for you, even tonight. So um, that's what we're going to do. So we're actually going to go ahead and read it together from Psalm 23. It's going to be up on your screen. Please read along with me. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is God's word. It's absolutely true. He gives it to us because he loves us. Let me pray, and then we'll jump in. Lord Jesus, uh, only you know what's going to happen tonight. Only you aren't glued to your phone because you are sure, and you don't waver. And I pray that you would turn our eyes to you right now and that you would remind us through your word, that you are trustworthy and that you are an anchor. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be at work through this word in Psalm 23 right now in our own hearts so that we might know you and love you more and love one another. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I have been reflecting on pumpkins uh, in the past week for obvious reasons, and, and I find that carving a pumpkin is a lot like life, okay? And here's what I mean. That uh, when you see a blank pumpkin that you're getting ready to carve, you, you see this thing that has all kinds of potential and possibility. And, and then it is up to you to engage in that potential and that possibility in a way that brings uh, beauty and meaning to it. Okay? That's, that's what we do with pumpkins. Now, um, now like life, now this, this may not work. Now, some of you have the artistic skill and creative mind that when you design a pumpkin, it, it works out the way that you want. This is my pumpkin. From this year, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can see this on the, on the Zoom. I, I carved this all by myself. It's supposed to be Bane from Batman. I, I don't know why. It just came to me. Um, but if if you are if you are like me, then then carving a pumpkin is a little bit frustrating, even though it's fun because you have this potential and this possibility, and you have this idea for what you were going to do to it to bring meaning and beauty to it, and then it doesn't work out the way that you want right? That's, that's life. <laughs> we see life as we consider our, our lives. We see all this possibility and all this potential, and we have this sense that it is up to us to bring beauty and meaning to it, and, and usually it doesn't work out the way that we, the way that we planned. 
My, my worst pumpkin experience was Halloween of 1995. I was 10 years old, and I had one of those mini pumpkins, like the handheld hand-sized pumpkins that you have on your, like as table decorations. And I decided it would be really cool to carve a tiny pumpkin because it would be so precise and cool. And so I, I took this pumpkin in my hand and I had the knife and I, and I gently tried, to, tried to, to get in there and it, just, it wouldn't go. So I pushed a little bit harder and the knife went all the way through the entire pumpkin and it sliced into this, that little flap of skin like between your fingers. I have a scar right here still. I start gushing blood and I end up in the emergency room with my dad to get stitches, missing out on the rest of Halloween. Like, that's 2020, right? Like, all this potential, all this possibility, this great idea is what we're going to do to bring beauty and meaning to our lives, and instead we're like in the ER, missing out on everything. <laughs> and, and I also think that that's, that's at least an aspect, as we think about what's going on tonight in politics, that's, that's an aspect of the way we think about a political reality that we live in, that, that you, have this, you have this thing, you have this polish, you have this nation, and it's, there's all this possibility and potential, and it's sort of up to us, it's our job to engage it in a way that more and more brings forth this, this meaning and this beauty. And, and I want you to know that I think that's actually a true thing that happens, but I think it happens uh, to a lesser degree than political ads would, would make us believe because it seems to me that whether you're talking about politics or you're talking about dating or you're talking about a pandemic or you're talking about exams or you're talking about your future job that you have this this sense that it's up to you it's your action that's going to bring about this this beauty and this meaning and it just doesn't go the way that you want which is a really frustrating experience have you ever felt like that are you afraid you're going to feel like that tonight or tomorrow because of what's going on on the news right now Psalm 23 is, is a message of, of comfort and hope for people who are feeling like the world is beyond their control. Psalm 23 is a message of, of comfort and hope for people who are experiencing the, the pain and the disappointment of things not going the way they wanted to in life or the fear that they're going to be let down. It's, it's a message of comfort and hope for those who are upset about the darkness around them and are looking for something to cling to. And I think that's you and me tonight. I think that's you and me really every day. And Psalm 23 is a voice of one crying out to God in that kind of, of moment. So we're going to look at Psalm 23 tonight. And, and, and again, the point is to say, like, what do we do? Where do we look as, as, as Christians on a night like tonight? And of course, every night of our lives. And we look to the Lord who is our shepherd. And I want to see three aspects of, of, of the Lord, our shepherd, in this, in this passage that might encourage us. First is that the Lord provides for us. Second, the Lord is present with us. And third, the Lord pursues us, okay? He provides, he's present, and he pursues us. So first, the, the Lord, our shepherd, provides for us. I want to read verses one to three again. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It means the Lord provides us with everything that we need. Everything that we really need is provided by the Lord, our shepherd. In fact, he provides us with so much that we can be at peace. This scene in Psalm 23 is so aspirational to me. This idea of just like laying down in a green meadow or being gently led to fresh streams of water to quench my thirst so that it restores my soul. Doesn't that sound good? 
That kind of peace comes when we acknowledge that what we really need has been given to us by the Lord, our shepherd. He's, he's given us abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. And so I think it's really important that we remember that in the, in the midst of you know, the losses and the disappointments of COVID, in the midst of the, the anxiety and the fears of loss and disappointment that we deal with on a night like tonight, to be reminded of what God has provided. And of course, what he's provided is himself. What he's provided is his son, Jesus. This is the way Jesus describes it in, in John 10, which is sort of a commentary by Jesus on Psalm 23. Jesus says that he's the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep and then takes it back up again. He says, I'm the good shepherd who lays down my life for the sheep so that I might take it up again. In the death and the resurrection of Jesus, God has provided for us with everything that we need. He's provided for us forgiveness and mercy. He's provided for us freedom and life when before we were stuck in sin and death. He's provided for us his spirit with us to work in us and through us to change us, to mold us. He's provided a way forward towards this eternal hope that we've talked about in James that we're longing for, that we're moving towards. And so often as Christians, we, we tend to believe that we need things in our life to work out in order for us to have enough. And this psalm reminds us, no, everything you need, everything you really need has been given to you, has been provided in Jesus. That means that even on a night like tonight, peace and trust is possible. Even on a night like tonight, rest is possible because the Lord your shepherd has provided you with his son to set you free to life. The Lord our shepherd provides for us. Secondly tonight, the Lord our shepherd is, is present with us. This is verse 4. This is a very famous verse. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, he's with us. Even in the midst of a global pandemic, he's with us. Even in the midst of loneliness and isolation, he's with us. Even in the midst of an election night, he's with us. Even in the midst of a, of a culture that's divided, he's with us. Even in the midst of exams around the court, he's, he is with us in, in the worst case scenario times. That's what that means, the valley of the shadow of death. The worst thing you can think of. And one of the things that we're struggling with right now, right now we're kind of being confronted with, is these, these polarizing outcomes of a night like tonight to say that either... It, it, you know, kind of, if you don't get what you want, it's going to lead to the worst thing you can imagine. That's what ads on both sides say. And, and part of the comfort for us in that kind of moment and that kind of message is to say, yeah, no matter what happens, he is with you. This is, this is God's answer to so many of our prayers. I, I pray so often to things that I feel like I, I experience them being unanswered because God doesn't just give me what I want exactly the way I want it. And I feel like God's answer to our prayers is often I will be with you in that, in that unknown, in that pain, in that anxiety. I'll be with you because he cares for you, because you're precious to him, because you're beloved by him, because you're desirable to him. He cares for you. And he's, he's with you in the truth of his word. He's with you in the smile and embrace of a friend. He's with you in that nudge that tells you maybe you should pray instead of complain. He's, he's with you even when you don't realize it. This is one of the, the profound mysteries 
of faith is the reality of Christ with us. It's one of the main themes of the New Testament is Christ with us. It's one of the main themes of the whole Bible that God is with his people. He will be theirs and they will be his. And we don't see it. And we don't feel it all the time. And we forget it or we don't acknowledge it. That doesn't even matter to God because he's just with you all the time. It means you can be at peace no matter what happens tonight. The Lord, your shepherd, who made you, he loves you and he's with you. He's with you right now. He's with you right now. The last thing, the last thing I want to see from this psalm tonight is that the Lord, our shepherd, pursues us. I'll read these last two verses, verses five and six. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, I already mentioned John 10. The, the idea of a shepherd and sheep is one of Jesus' favorite motifs, one of his favorite ways to illustrate his care for and his provision for, his guidance of, his tenderness towards his people, you and me. And he tells a story in, it's in Matthew 18 and in Luke 15 of, of a shepherd who has a flock of sheep and one of them goes missing. And in this story that he tells, this parable, Jesus says the shepherd, he, he leaves the whole flock and he chases after the one. He pursues that one lost sheep until he finds it. And that's God's heart for you. His heart for you is that he pursues you. He chases after you. Uh, that's, that's what it means when you read that goodness and mercy shall follow me. Shall follow me all the days of my life. I don't know if you guys uh, ever read the message. It's a, it's a translation of the Bible by a guy, James, a guy named Eugene Peterson, who's my, kind of my hero, my favorite, um, my favorite author. He's with the Lord now, but he's a contemporary. Uh, and in the message, here's how he translates that verse that's uh, goodness and mercy shall follow me. He says it like this, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. Don't you love that? Tonight, Jesus is chasing after you with beauty and love. He's chasing after you and, and he doesn't ever stop. He doesn't ever relent. So that means that when you feel detached and dejected, he's pursuing you. It means that when you feel sinful and broken and dirty, he's chasing after you. That means that when you feel disappointed and sad, he's chasing after you. When you feel anxious and worried and nervous, he's chasing after you. He doesn't ever stop. He doesn't ever take days off because his heart towards you is to find you and to get you and to hold you and to keep you. I recently read through Lamentations, and Lamentations 3 has a verse that says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. It's like a waterfall, a waterfall of love and mercy that you're waiting for the waterfall to dry up and it just keeps pounding on the rocks. It just never, ever stops. I, I know a lot of you guys have experienced uh, pain in, in different kinds of ways this semester. And I know that for many of you, what, whatever happens, some of you are going to be experiencing pain as a result of this, of this election. And I think that um, if you're like me, we have a tendency to say to people who are in pain, we say things like, it, it's going to be okay, right? We say things like, it's going to be okay. And, and what this verse reminds me is that it actually is going to be okay. But in the Bible, for Christians, it's going to be okay doesn't mean everything's going to work out the way that you want. It means no matter how things work out, God is chasing you with his love and his mercy. His mercy and his goodness will follow you 
tonight. They're going to follow you tomorrow. They're going to follow you when you're at home for nine weeks after those two fun weeks and you got those seven more weeks that are awful. Like he's chasing after you every moment of that time. His beauty and love chase after you every day of your life. So as, as we consider the reality of the Lord, our shepherd, who provides for us and who's present with us and who pursues us, what, what, does, that, what does that mean for us tonight? Okay, I, and I have, a, I have a few ideas just by way of application. Um, the, the first is the reminder tonight that instead of uh, searching and instead of worrying and instead of talking, we should remember to stop and pray. We're going to do, we always do a stay and pray after a large group. We're doing a stay and pray. That, that's what we're going to try to do. It means in, in the midst of everything that's going on and what you're feeling tonight, we're going to try to stop and pray. We're going to use this, this psalm to pray. And to pray not just for our nation, but, but in particular, I would, I would encourage you to pray for those who are going to be disappointed and dismayed because of what happens in this election. Because God chases after people who are who are hurting. And, and what I would recommend is that when you start to feel anxious, and I, if, if you pay attention, you can tell when this happens. You know how when you're talking, this, this happens with COVID all the time, whenever you're talking about, whenever you're talking about COVID, like you just feel your chest get tight, like your blood pressure starts to go up. Like what should you do in that moment tonight and tomorrow? Stop, open your Bible to Psalm 23 and read it out loud. It, it'll take you about nine seconds. But, it's, but, it, but it will realign your heart. My, my commendation to you for this week is, Read Psalm 23 a bunch of times in the next few days. Okay? And then, and then the last thing is this, is that in light of the way that Jesus pursues us relentlessly, to find ways to boldly reach out and pursue others this week who might be hurting. This can be, um, this can be really hard. I think there's, there's some people on our radar, and, and because we know what's going on in their lives, or because we have a sense of them, because we know them, we know that they're, we know that they're hurting. When it comes to people who are going to be hurting because of the election, it, be, it gets a little trickier, right? It's, it's easy to commiserate with people who are hurting for the same reason as you. And it's easy to celebrate with people who are celebrating for the same reason as you. But it actually gets really tricky to, to boldly pursue people who are hurting who might have voted different from you. And that's one of the things I would, I would challenge you to consider, especially if, if the candidate that you vote for ends up winning this election to consider what ways God might use you to, to, to humbly but boldly pursue and love people who might be hurting, people who might be dismayed and discouraged and disappointed and confused. And I'm just convinced that one of the ways that the people of God can bear witness in a time like this is to show compassion and kindness to people that we disagree with when it comes to things like who we voted for. Now, it doesn't mean you need to like go around asking everybody who they voted for and then see if you can pray for them, right? But, but the people who are in your life who you know might be hurting or you might have a relationship with, t- take a chance. Say, hey, I, I know with everything going on this week, has, has this been tough? What, do you, you want to talk about it? Can I, can I pray for you? You want to get coffee? You want to get lunch? Can I bring a Purex donut to your room? What ways might we be able to boldly pursue one another? The, the thing that I want to leave you with as we, as we stand in the, the unknown of this moment of who our kind of earthly, worldly, political leader will be for the next four years, is I want to remind you that not only do you have a shepherd, but you also have a king. And that far above any worldly leader, far above, far above any politician, far above any president, you have a king. And that king's ideas are always good. And his words are always true. And his heart is always for love and justice. And he doesn't ever change. He doesn't ever get voted out of office. He doesn't ever lose his position because he's just too strong 
and just too good. And that king is the Lord who's your shepherd and he's with you tonight. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do praise you as our shepherd who cares for us. We praise you as our, our shepherd who, who sees us and who is with us, who chases after us with beauty and goodness and mercy and love. And Lord, I, I do pray that you would root us and realign us towards you, that you would protect us in our anxiety, you would protect us in our tendency to judge, that you would protect us in our desire to be right and win, and root us in you who care for us and who lead us like sheep. Give us the faith to trust you because you're the one who has died and come alive again to bring us life. Jesus, we honor you and pray in your name. Amen.